Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. Today I am chatting with Emily, who you might know as the Simplified Mum. She is a wife, a mother of three, with one on the way very soon, and a lover of all things simple and simplicity. She loves the slow life. When she is not savouring her morning cup of coffee or appreciating all the simple things like flowers from her garden or throwing open the windows to let the fresh morning breeze in, You'll find her on Instagram showing her followers how to simplify and love the life that they're living. So, Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, you describe yourself as a type A and a bit of a natural-born organiser. And a few years ago, you had started, like so many of us had, on the journey to start simplifying your home and your life. But something occurred during your third pregnancy which kind of kicked it all up a notch. Are you happy to share with us what that was and how it kind of changed your mission to simplify? Absolutely. Um, I am a pretty open book when it comes to my experience with simple living simply because I think most of us as human beings need to have a catalyst to produce real and lasting change. Um, And for me, I naturally am a firstborn. I have always been very type A, um, a natural organized type of person. Um, my mom jokes and I I distinctly remember that when I was in school, in high school, she would actually allow me to do some reorganization of our linen closets, our pantry, things like that at home as a chore because I was so naturally good at it and I enjoyed it. Um, so it's it's kind of built into my DNA and blood. Um, so I've always been a lover of having things simple and organized and everything in its place. Um, that's That exterior calm and organization has always kind of led to inner calm for me. Um, however, when we were pregnant with our third baby, and um, the beginning of our third trimester, we had a routine ultrasound. And I found out that um, she, at the time, we did not know if it was a girl or a boy, um, was growth restricted. So she was, um, I think, about within the fifth percentile for weight and height and growth. Um, so we had constant monitoring, constant testing to make sure she was at least continuing to grow and doing okay. Um, but while all of that was going on, I had, at the time, I had a three-year-old Um, and an 18 month old at home with me. And life was so chaotic. And I'm sure many moms Mm -hmm. can relate to that. When you have young children, there is just no way to keep the house clean or keep things tidy. Um, And I had always been an organized and a clean person, but I wouldn't say I had always been minimal. Um, So with that, it was one of those aha moments in life where the really important things started sticking out to me and obviously taking care of myself, um, eliminating stress and resting my body so that this baby could grow as much as possible within me was my first priority. And the exterior environment in our home as a stay at home mom was just contributing to so much stress for me that I just finally had this moment where I said, let's get rid of these things that are just cluttering and adding to our home, but aren't adding any value 
um, for me, for my husband, for our children. Um, so while I was kind of taking it easy, I helped go through kind of room by room and evaluate, you know, what really matters to us? What are we going to need when this baby's here? What do we need right now? What do my kids play with? What do I use in the kitchen? Um, and I really had some time to kind of sit and evaluate what was around me. Um, prior to that, I think I just went through the constant cycle, which I think many, many people do of just constantly reorganizing and constantly cleaning the same things over and over and over again. Um, and they'd continue to add clutter and chaos. And then I would go try to create a new system or reorganize them and put them back. But inevitably, they would all be out and adding a little bit additional stress and chaos to our environment. So in a way, I'm not only so grateful this happened because it forced me as a person to slow down and prioritize the important things in life, um, which I think we all struggle with. There are, are so many days where I think our our goal is to appreciate the simple things, but we let all the little things around us take up our time and our energy and, and almost overwhelm us on a daily basis. And this for me was kind of my aha moment where I finally stepped back and said, okay, this is not how I want to live. This is not how I want to feel every day. How can we change this? Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it, how it often takes something big um, or momentous for us to make that shift. Like we all aspire to it but then find it so easy to slip into our old ways. And like you said, organized clutter is still clutter. Like you can have the best organized home in your house but if it is still full of stuff that you are not using you don't love that has adds no value to your life it's still a burden even if it looks pretty or it doesn't you know fall out of the cupboard when you open the door it's still a weight that you carry around and I know a lot of people it comes this clarity around simplifying not just their home but the way they live comes when something big happens it forces them to question why they live the way they do and how they can simplify and I can I can't even imagine being, I mean, I stopped with two kids. I can't even imagine being pregnant <laughs> with two young kids, let alone being pregnant and having to try and rest, like the rest with two young kids. Those things aren't normally in the same sentence. <laughs> and then getting this clarity. And then did you want, did you want to, I mean, I can only imagine based on what you've said about your personality that you would want to do it all. Like, okay, I'm going to simplify properly. Let's get going. But you've got to balance that with trying to rest at the same time. Was that tricky? Uh, it was. And it's been a process. I think for me, the mental hurdle of overcoming, okay, we're going to get rid of these things that aren't essential and starting to at least work on it slowly in the areas that made the most impact to me um, was almost like a, a downhill snowball effect in, in such a good way. So even though I wasn't able to clear everything out of our home all at one time, um, we my husband laughs, we had a storage room in our basement that wasn't being used. And I called it our decluttering purgatory for a while where everything mm -hmm. that we weren't using, I kind of put in that space. Um, not only because I didn't have the physical ability to get it all out of the house at once or the time to really go through everything, but I would quickly move things there if I didn't think they were essential or I didn't find them impactful for us. And it was a really, really nice system because it, it didn't make me feel the stress, which I know a lot of people feel of immediately eliminating things that you've spent money 
and and that you've had and may hold some kind of sentimental value or you're not sure if you're going to use them or not. It was nice to have this space where I knew everything was out of the way and it wasn't in my day-to-day life. So it wasn't cluttering our space, but I still had it if I needed to go back. And I, there, I think at first there were some hesitations on my part. I was like, oh, I know I'm going to go back in there and grab a couple things, but I'll just put them in there for now. And I think to me, that was almost more effective than getting them out of the house because I immediately realized within a couple weeks, I had forgotten about every single thing that was in that room. I still, to this day, I don't think I ever went back and removed one thing that we have ever decluttered and put in that space um, and have brought it back into our home, which to me is is difficult to wrap my head around because there are, were so many things that we let go of. Um, and I thought for absolute certain that there would be something that I would regret or change my mind on. And it's amazing how quickly stuff loses its value to you when it's not visible within your house. Um, So for me, that was a very cathartic process. I think it helped me continue my decluttering as we went along and I was able to, to do more of it on a physical level because it just really energized me and made me realize the value that I attached to all these things in our home um, went away the minute it wasn't present. So clearly there wasn't a ton of value to them. I think I was just hesitant to let it go in case there had been. So for me, it was almost a better process because although we didn't get it out of the house quickly, it was out of our environment and I was able to realize the huge mental and emotional impact that it had and not just the physical impact in our space on a daily basis. Yeah, I like that. And I think that approach works for a lot of people because it's like baby steps. You're not making um, the decision to let something entirely go. You're just moving it out of your environment and seeing if you really did need it, if you really do miss it. So I think for a lot of people that kind of halfway point is quite comforting and then they realize they can live without it or they've forgotten about whatever it was that they decluttered and that makes it a lot easier then to take that final step of letting it go. The thing I find so interesting about your story is that this happens against a backdrop of motherhood because my experience was that's when all the things came into my house. Like I had stuff before, I had plenty of stuff, but when I became a mother, I was sure I needed every possible baby thing, device, bit of clothing, every toy, everything that was marketed to me to be a good mum. I needed to to buy that thing. I fully bought into that whole spin about to be a good mum, I need XYZ products. I need it all in my um, nursery in my nappy bag, in my, you know, whatever it was, I was, I was buying it because that's what I thought I had to do or I believed a, a good mother would do. Um, that was one of my misconceptions. Do you, do you have your own? What do you think is a big misconception about motherhood? I would completely agree 100% with you on that. I think I too, with our first, was completely guilty of buying into that, um, that concept that is really sold to new moms everywhere. I think because this is such a new chapter of your life um, and it's such an unknown and you're taking care of another human being, there is this heightened level um, of vulnerability that unfortunately I think 
makes you an easy target for consumerism because I think we're as moms, we want to be the best mom ever. And so we are easily sold the idea that if we have the best swaddle, that this baby will be sleeping better. If we have the best bottles, that this baby will be eating better. If we have the best developmental and educational toys, that our kid will be the most, you know, educationally ready for school when they're ready to go there. And I think that that can be really, really, really frustrating as a first-time mom because you don't know what you don't know. So you are just relying on the advertisements, the word of mouth from other moms, um, the blogs that you see where there are just product after product after product that are going to make you the best mom, make your motherhood easier. Um, it's a it's a concept that I think is advertised nonstop, and I I think it's really easy to fall into when you're a first time mom, um, and even a second or third time mom. I was guilty of it as well. If my baby wasn't sleeping, you better believe I was on Amazon, you know, searching for the highest rated swaddle that was for sure going to help that that child mm-hmm. sleep through the night and get me a couple more hours of sleep. Um, so I think there's this dichotomy of this this need to be the best mom and consumerism really pushing that. But I also think there's this guilt um, associated with it at the same time that if I don't do these things or I don't have these items, um, I'm failing my child or I'm not doing the absolute best that I can. And um, I struggled with that with our first a lot. And I think when we had our first child, um, I had transitioned from working to staying at home with him. And that was a hard and I would say a really dark time for me. I had a lot of trouble within the first year of having our baby. We had all the things that we needed. We had an amazing support system of friends and family that threw me an amazing baby shower and bought me all the must-have items. And I had all of the things, um, but I wasn't happy. And it was because I was focused so much on using these these things, this stuff to solve my problems and to make my baby happy and to make myself as a mother happy that... I wasn't focusing on being present and really enjoying that experience. I wanted it so badly for it to be perfect and to be the perfect mom and to do things in the perfect way that I think the stuff distracted me from the beauty that is the first year of having a child. Um, and I think as a as a mother, you and as a parent, even with dads, it's something you have to go through and experience because it's so new. Um, but I'm also grateful for experiencing that because I felt a shift immediately when I realized, okay, none of these things are going to make my motherhood better or make my child happier. Um, me being present and being there for that child was what was going to really make motherhood beautiful for me and for my kids. Um, so I think that is probably the biggest misconception about motherhood, but I also, I don't want to fault any mom for feeling that way because I think we all go through that. You know, none of us have been mothers. When you make that transition, it's probably one of the biggest transitions as a person you can go through in your life. And you just are looking to do what's best for that child. Um, But I think as you grow as a mother and you grow in your confidence and you realize what works and what doesn't and what makes you happy and what doesn't, um, that shift away from finding things to make motherhood better, um, really started being what was actually making motherhood better for me. Yeah, look, I remember going to a baby shower many years ago and it was 
a great idea that I'd never seen or heard of before. And everyone was told to bring, you know, a present, but something really practical and useful. So most of us brought along nappies or items for um, the hospital bag or, you know, body moisturizer or something like really practical that could be um, used. And then once we were at the baby shower, one of the activities was the book went around the room and um, anyone that was a mum had to write down at least three items that they had bought for themselves or for their child, which were a massive waste of time and money, like three things you don't need to buy (laughs) and give that to the new mum. And I was like, that is so clever. Where was that when I was there? I could have saved so much money and had, you know, a whole lot more space in my house because I didn't need to buy all the different things. Um, And I love that. So if you're listening to this and thinking of hosting a baby shower, maybe give that a go because I think that's definitely a winner. Um, And that's the thing, marketers and advertisers, they prey on that fear. We're all, you know, running a bit scared. And even if we're fully ready to embrace the journey, it's so new and it's so different that you just equip yourself as as best you can. So there's no judgment attached. It's just, I guess, once you've been there, you get that wisdom about not needing all the things. So with that in mind then, what single thing since becoming a mum have you changed or simplified that had the biggest effect or the biggest impact on your energy and the energy in your home with your children and your family? Um, honestly, it's not a thing. Um, and I think I get this question a lot and I think most people are surprised at my answer. Um, if you would have asked me three years ago when I started my simplification journey, I would have told you items or like toys and simplifying and creating a toy rotation for my kids versus having everything at once or simplifying my kitchen so that we don't have cupboards full of dishes falling out on us. And yes, that's all well and good. And it, it really does help have a huge impact on my energy and my energy in my home as a mother. But I honestly think the thing that I've simplified the most has been my expectations for myself, my home, my family, my children. Um, and I think that's had the biggest impact on my energy and energy in my home. I think before I started decluttering and simplifying and kind of becoming a more minimal person in terms of my stuff, um, my head and my heart were just as cluttered. Um, I, I used to spend my days not only organizing and cleaning the same things over and over in my home, but doing the same thing in my head every day. Um, I can't tell you how many times and how many hours I probably spent on blogs and Pinterest as I shifted to a stay-at-home mom from a working mom um, to find the best cleaning routine, uh, to find the best organizational methods for my home, uh, to find the best schedule for my baby. And I think since I've simplified the things in my home, it was a gradual shift in my mentality too that I don't need to have all this structure and this perfection. I don't need to have these checklists of things I need to accomplish on a daily basis to feel like I'm a good mom and I've and I'm happy in my motherhood. Um, and I think that our society in general, um, especially if you do stay at home with your children, but I think just as a mother in general, the expectation is just that in order to prove or to show that you're a good mom that you are being productive and you are getting things done. 
um, that everything is in order, everything is in place. And I think, I think for me as a type A person, it was a really difficult shift to let go of relying on a structure in my day and in my tasks and in what I did with my children, um, to make me feel validated. Uh, but the minute I set that aside and basically said, what's the most important thing today that my kids are fed, that we are happy, that we are playing, that we are healthy, that we are engaged with each other. Um, it completely shifted simplification and minimalism for me, because I think a lot of people approach minimalism or simplifying or decluttering as a, as a physical thing. And it is, and I think it's important um, to address that component, but until that shift comes in your mental state and your emotional state, and until you kind of let go of relying on some kind of exterior constraint or structure to give you that validation or that happiness, you won't be able to find it. Um, so for me, I think just letting go of those expectations for myself and focusing on what's most important, what really makes me happy. At the end of the day, I can go to bed knowing that I had a good day because I did the things that were most important and our kitchen floors may still be sticky and I may need to get to that another day or um, the laundry may be backing up and we have to, you know, rummage through the closet to find an, uh, you know, the last tank top that's clean, but whatever it may be, um, not feeling like my productivity and my value was attached to what I did during the day for myself and my home and my kids. But and what I got out of it was huge. And I'm eternally grateful for going through that process and finding that shift because I think a lot of people struggle with, okay, I've decluttered my house. Now what? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a great feeling to live in a space that is organized and decluttered and you feel like there's some flow for the energy. But if you're not present enough to appreciate that once that's said and done and you're just okay, what's next? What do I need to do to accomplish to feel like I've done something with my day? Um, it, it's not going to change anything for you on the inside. And I think that's the real struggle that people are, are looking to solve today is they would love to have a clean house, but I think they want a clean heart and a clean head. I think they want to be able to let go of the chaos and the busyness and the noise of the world and just be present in their lives. And the minute I was able to kind of make that mental shift, everything changed for me. Mm, I love that. I think too, people assume or take on expectations or create them in their own head that they think other people have of them. Like I remember so many times I'd drop into friends' places and they'd be so apologetic that the house was a mess. And I was like, dude, I am just happy to be out of the house with my children. Like <laughs> I'm not looking at your floor. I'm not white gloving your um, bench tops to see if they're dusty. Like it's the last, I just want, you know, company. Um, and, and yet when people would come to my house, I do like the mad panic, like clear the surfaces, mm -hmm. get out the vacuum and quickly, you know, get rid of all the mess everywhere. And then I'm thinking I never... I don't even notice. I don't even see that stuff at other people's houses. Who's even looking? And the people that are dropping into my house with five minutes notice, they're here because they're my friends. They're not coming to do a, a house inspection. And the, I think the other one that I held on to pretty tightly, especially with younger children, 
was that at the end of the day when my husband would come home from work, I I liked the house to be tidy for him. And that sounds very 1950s housewife, but also because sometimes I thought, I don't even know what we've done. Like he just went to work and now he's coming home and I don't know what we've achieved. Like we got to the park maybe, but like where did the day go? And so I had in my head that if the house was tidy, it was like I'd achieved. I'd I'd managed that day as a mother. And one day it just didn't happen for whatever reason. And he didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, I, I thought you might comment about how the house looks like a bomb exploded in here. He's like, I don't care. You've got two young kids at home. Like, it's crazy. I'm surprised it's tidy most of the time. And I was like, hang on. Like, I've been carrying this expectation that that was, that was what you wanted to see when you got home or, or that's what you expected of me. And he was like, heck no. And I'm like, well, hang on. Why am I torturing myself trying to get the house tidy for 6 p.m. when he walks in the door? If he doesn't expect that, why am I expecting that myself? And I think sometimes we just don't have those conversations. Um, I agree completely. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think sometimes we've got to not believe all the stuff going in, on in our head, like the expectations. Who put them there? Are we putting them on ourselves? And why? Like a lot of the time, they're completely unnecessary and are not helpful. They're not serving us. Um, they're taking us away from either being present with our kids or um, from something else that could be more meaningful. So I think sometimes we just need to examine them a bit. I certainly wish I would have done that earlier um, with my kids. So when you talked about decluttering before and you mentioned um, your room downstairs, given that you were doing it against a backdrop of motherhood, how did you have a have a method? Did you go room by room or were you um, did you just have a kind of simplifying filter on and every item you touch when you were folding the washing, you thought, oh, we don't really need that anymore and do it randomly? How did how did you kind of approach simplifying your home? Um, the way that I approached it ended up being what I consider at least from my type A perspective, to be the most effective way. And it was the only way I knew how. And for me, the things that were causing me the in the spaces that were causing me the most immediate stress were the ones I tackled first. Um, so there wasn't necessarily a rhyme or re- reason to things. I know some people will suggest going room by room, but I kind of went through my space during the day and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm downstairs with the kids the majority of my day. Um, what rooms and what things in those rooms are causing me stress. And for me, as a mom of young kids, there were two spaces that stuck out right away. And one was the toys and the the playroom area in general, where things were out. And the other was the kitchen, because that's where I spent most of my day, Um, Mm. you know, preparing 15 snacks a day, and meals, Mm -hmm. um, cleaning up kids, wiping faces, washing hands, and then in the playroom where the kids would be playing with all of their toys. Um, so for me, it was kind of looking around and saying, okay, what, what do I need to function with these children throughout the day? What do I use on a daily basis? Um, what's important? Let's prioritize it. Let's keep what I need and the amount of things that I will need. Um, but let's let go of the rest so that it's not in the way when I need to go do my job 15 times a day in the pantry, a lot of it was just pulling things out and saying, okay, well, we eat these same five snacks most of the day in the fridge. We eat these same things 
let's see if we can use these up or set these aside or at least get them into a different area of the cupboard so when I'm going to get snacks, I know there's they're right here within reach. I don't have to dig through 15 boxes to get to them. Um, mm-hmm. And also within that process, that kind of sparked what what organizational items do I also need while I'm kind of simplifying things? Because I don't think you really need anything um, to make your space organized, but I think there are certain things that make it easier. Um, so for me, one of those things was always knowing what we had of things because with small children, inevitably we'd always run out of something that they wanted. And for me, decanting things into clear containers, um, most of which we already had mason jars, um, clear Tupperware boxes, whatever it may be so that I could see those things and see when we were running low and get to the grocery store at the right time. Um, Through the process, it was funny because it was almost like decluttering and organizing at the same time because now mm-hmm. that I had what I really needed set aside, I could say, okay, how how is how do I make this system the easiest it could be? Um, and for me, I like I said, I was a pretty organized person. I wouldn't say I had a ton of excess, but the things that I did have that I didn't use were barriers to me getting to the things I did need to use. So things might have been organized from a logical perspective, but once I removed the things I didn't touch on a daily basis within the kitchen or within the playroom, it was almost like, okay, well, all these things are in my way. So let's get them out of the cupboard I use 15 times a day. So I'm not digging through five stacks of plates to get to the bowls that the kids use every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, the logical, what am I touching every day? What do I need to get to? And how do I make room for just those things in the spots I need it to make my life easier has been probably the easiest way for me to go. Um, I did get rid of a lot of things initially. However, I still find myself, I think a lot of people assume that decluttering, like it's this big massive purge and then you're done. And I don't think you're ever done, especially if you have young kids in the house, there's just different seasons of growth where new things are required to come in and old things go out. You know, you may have a shelf within that first year of life where there are 10 bottles, but then when that switches to 10 sippy cups and then, you know, 10 taco mm-hmm. plates, things always shift and change, but clearing all of the, the stuff that isn't essential and doesn't get used very often out and not necessarily getting rid of it, but moving it to another area of your house that you don't need. Um, my husband jokes all the time in our storage room, We have a ton of stuff that we obviously have marked to go be donated or be sold or leave the house because we don't need it. But we have just as many things in storage that I would say are things like kitchen items or toys or things that we still use and we want to hold on to, but they're just not part of our daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, So getting those out of those spaces and making room for just the things that you use every day has probably been best way possible for me to minimize and declutter because it's just shown me how simple life can be if you just have those things that you need to reach for every day and you're not going past all the things that are there for those couple times a year or the in case of emergency. Yeah and look I feel like when you're still having children there's it's really tricky because people will say okay well my um, toddlers past the sippy cups now 
but I intend to have more children, so I'll hold on to them. And I always say to people, okay, that's great. Keep them, definitely. Don't throw them out and buy new ones in a couple of years when you have another baby. But they don't need to be between your child and the plastic cups that they use now or the water bottles or whatever it is. It's like, okay, we can move them to a less convenient spot. Put put them next to your Christmas decorations, the things you don't reach for very often, and then and label them well or make a record somewhere of where they're stored and then pull them out when the time is appropriate. Because it's funny, we just, we stop seeing the stuff that's in the way. We just keep reaching past it. And it's like, okay, as your child moves through, don't declutter all of it, just move it to a an inconvenient location. And we all have those in our houses, the top of the cupboards that we need the step stool to reach or down low at the back or in those annoying corner cupboards that we hate diving into. You know, there are inconvenient places. Put the stuff you're not using often in those and know where it is and then get it back when you need it. Um, but that's that can be a real pitfall for some mums is that whole transition through the different stages but keeping everything for the next child and the next child. Yes, I can completely attest to that. All of our children have been surprises. We didn't want to find out if they were a boy or a girl, um, which has been really fun. People think I'm crazy for doing that four (laughs) times, but it's been the biggest surprise of my life every time these children have come into the world. So I would do it a hundred times over. Um, But I think I've struggled with that because as a more minimal person and a simpler person, we are holding on to boy and girl of everything, whether it be toys or clothing. Um, And there's just so much stuff. So for each age we have a bin and it is, it is a frustration when you're looking to declutter because you, your urge is to just get that out. Um, But we have it all in storage. And I know there will be a day where that will be gone and I will have an empty shelf that, provides a little more space and breathing room. Um, so I think that that can be a hard hurdle to overcome is holding on to things. A lot of people feel like, well, I'm failing if I'm holding on to all these things and waiting and decluttering. And you're definitely not. I mean, that is that is life, is a constant shift and change in things. And so there is going to always be an influx of things in your house. There, there should always be an out flow of things as well. And I think finding that balance and learning to be okay with decluttering being minimal, but still holding on to some things as long as they're in a spot where they're not inconveniencing you on a daily basis is huge. Mm, Definitely. So you've got three children already. How do you get your kids on board with embracing a slower, more simple life and appreciating simple pleasures or do they know no different? I would say it's a little bit of both. Um, I think the natural tendency of children is that, you know, and it's, I think it's also the society they're growing up in as well. Everything is instant. Um, Everything is available to them. I mean, my children used to joke when they were younger, uh, our oldest is about to be six. And I think when he was around three or four, he had been asking for something like I forget what it was. It wasn't something essential. Um, and I said, okay, well, let's put that on the list for one of your birthdays. And maybe, you know, you, you'll get it as a birthday gift. And he said, but mom, you can order it and it can get delivered to the doorstep. And I, <laughs> I just get it today. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's, they see that on a daily basis and 
that is just how, what they're growing up in, in the world today. And it's a beautiful and an amazing thing as a mother. I, I don't know what I would do without the convenience of knowing if I'm out of diapers that I do not have to put three kids in the car and go to a a store that I can order them and they can be on my doorstep the next day. Um, It is a true blessing to have that convenience, but I think it's also a curse, especially to the younger generations that are, are growing up in that society because they don't learn the art of waiting for anything um, or earning things as easily as I think prior generations have gone through because we didn't have those conveniences. So to me, it's a little bit of a struggle. Um, I like to kind of find a balance. So I would say my kids are not as minimal as me, but I I'm totally okay with that because I don't think they also see the, see the merit in it. I mean, most children want things and they want them right away. Um, and so I try to work on that balance of having them be very appreciative and learn how to earn things and learn to wait for things. Um, and also be able to evaluate even with things as simple as toys or clothes. If, if I don't like this shirt, well, let's go, let's go give it to some kid that may not be as fortunate as us. Um, I don't play with this toy anymore. Let's donate that. And there's a kid out there that doesn't have all the toys that you have. And having those conversations where they not only learn to let things go, but there's a bigger picture and a, an important reason and a, a bigger impact for them, I think has made it a lot easier for my kids. Um, and I also think that it just takes some time too. And every personality is different. I have one kid that absolutely loves change. And when we move around furniture in his room or donate things, he is the first on board to do it. It's energizing for him and it's fun. And then our second born, she cries if we put a new light fixture up in the hallway or if, (laughs) you know, the color changes in one of the rooms that she's never in because we decided to paint it. And she just has a harder time with letting things go and adjusting to change. And I think as a parent, you really have to tread delicately and kind of approach it in a way that teaches them the values that you want to teach them. And for me, that's appreciating having a little bit of less and maybe a little more quality than quantity, um, but also respecting who they are as a person and not forcing them into a lifestyle because it, it, it serves me. And I think I've struggled not just with my children, but with my husband um, and even family members and friends. Um, you know, everyone has a different life perspective and what makes everyone happy is very different. And some people may really find joy in having less and some people that may not feel good to them. So learning that I can have a simple life and I can affect the things that directly impact me. And I can certainly try to help teach my husband and my children and my family and friends the values and kind of the good behind it. But I can also not force them to do the same things that I would want to do. Um, So finding that balance for me with my children has been a true blessing. And it's also taught me a lot of patience. And it's also taught me about boundaries and how I can be happy and controlling the things within my home that are under my control, but also letting go of the systems and and the items that maybe make my children really happy or make my husband very happy. Mm. You know, it's funny, my um, thinking about waiting for your birthday, my 10-year-old has a birthday coming up and she basically from Boxing Day or the day 
she's spent she's finished spending all of her Christmas money. She gets an allowance, but most of the time she pops that away. And anything big, she starts writing on her list from the end of December for her birthday in June. And she, <laughs> I want, I want that thing, or I've seen this thing on YouTube, and I'm, and I'm like, put it on the list, put it on the list. So she handed me. I said, you know, it's not that far to go to your birthday. You might need to give me a copy of that list soon. So she handed me four pages <laughs> of birthday list things she's written since December, and I'm like whoa and I'm like do you want to have a quick review and she's like yeah because I I keep adding stuff but I haven't looked at it and she went through and she's cut it down to about 10 things because there's so many things that she's seen and said ah I want that and now with a couple of months space between writing it and and thinking about it again she's like no I just I saw that and I wanted it and but I wouldn't I wouldn't use that now and I'm like oh I love this I love that you can see that if you would have bought that straight away, you would have wasted your money because here you are only a couple of months later and you go, yeah, I don't see value in that anymore. Um, but there's that kind of instant gratification thing. And I'm like, aren't you glad you didn't walk out with your allowance and spend your money on all these things in the top half of the list that you liked for five minutes and then now they've all fallen off? And she's like, yeah, it's good. So um, I kind of I like that process and I'm trying to get my uh, – 12 year old to do it as well and she's like no she's the opposite she's like I've got nothing on my list she's impossible to buy for (laughs) but yeah um, every every person is so different um and I'm mm. I think you learn that through several different components of your life but especially simplifying I've I've learned that you approach it differently with every every person not just children um and your list idea I honestly I do that for myself I have a wish list in my notes app on my phone And if I see something, you know, it's really easy on Instagram. You'll see, oh my gosh, that's an amazing, I really like that. Mm -hmm. And the impulse is to immediately click open a new window and go look at it, look at the price, look at the reviews and often purchase it immediately. And for me now, my new process is if I see something and I'm like, oh, you know, I would really, that would be amazing or that would be really useful. I add it to my list and it's amazing. I mean, that list has been there. I've probably purchased maybe two or three things off of it within a year. But I'm constantly going in there, and when I'm adding new things, I'm looking at it and thinking, "No, I can remove that. I don't. I like. I have no desire for that now. That's not going to serve me." Um, so it's. A, I I love that process, and it's a really helpful tool. I think for anyone to really slow down the instant gratification and impulse purchase mentality, and really let things sit and see if it's something that's really going to hold value for you. Yeah, and and it's just. I think you can almost get a sense of the gratification by putting it on a list because you don't need to own it immediately. And if you record that, it's like your psyche is okay with it. It's like, it's all right. It won't escape me. It's recorded now. So I know that I can go back and look for it and go back and find it. Um, And so you go, okay, cool. I've captured that whatever, you know, the name or the brand of that product, whatever it was that, that grabbed my attention. I don't need to own it immediately. And then putting some space between that and purchasing you just get a whole <laughs> world of perspective on it. Um, I try and do the same quite often. I will limit myself uh, financially. So if it's something that costs more than, I don't know, maybe 20 or $30, then I'll be like, right, I'll, I'll give it a few weeks um, because if I really want it and I really need it um, and I still want it that much in a couple of weeks, then uh, then I'm okay. But 
um, quite often I I get that same impulse thing too. So now for me, um, I'll t- I'm I take photos, which is almost um, it works well because then I can't be bothered scrolling through the 4,000 photos in my phone to go back and find whatever that thing was that I wanted. So quite often it drops off on its own. But, um, yeah, I think the list works well too. So before we run out of time, um, I would love if you've got, do you have three, we'll go with three if you've got it, um, practices that you regularly partake in to try and simplify or try and, slow if people are listening to this and it's resonating and they've got all the stuff their lives are full and busy lots of expectations on themselves what are three things that they could take away and start to do today that might help them to simplify um i think everyone is different so it's it's difficult to recommend three particular things and i've i've followed and read so many different amazing books and followed so many great blogs on decluttering and simplifying. And there are so many tools out there and so many suggestions, but I think it really just depends on what works for you. So one of my practices would be to, to figure out and prioritize on a daily basis, maybe the top three things that you need to do that are going to number one, probably need to be done Um, but two that are going to add value to your day. I think so often we have our morning cup of coffee and we have the energy and we make this massive to-do list of all these things that we want to accomplish in a day Um, without number one, kind of evaluating them and thinking, okay, what holds the most weight? What's going to provide me the most value in my day for me to be happy as well as to feel like I've accomplished something and gotten things that are important that need to be done, done. Um, but two, just being practical. I think for me, I used to struggle. I used to be the queen of lists and I would make these detailed itemized to-do lists. And then I would feel like a failure when I didn't get things accomplished. Um, so for me, really prioritizing three simple things in the day. Um, so if our laundry is backing up and I know that needs to get done and that will be a big burden off my plate and I have the time that goes on the top three, um, Almost every single day, I try to make sure that one of those things in my top three is um, what I call like a heart item. So when I make my to-do list, I always separate them by home and heart. So um, home is kind of the things that I need to get done to make my life function. But heart is what is going to fill my cup? What is going to fill my children's cup? Can I make at least one of these three things every single day? Something that's impactful for me and makes my day you know, a happy, enjoyable one. It makes my children's day a happy, enjoyable one. So almost every single day, there's an item on there, whether it's go for a walk, go to the park. Um, Sometimes it has to be a reminder to me to get down and give my kids one-on-one time um, for 10 minutes a day, or to actually get down and play with them for 10 minutes a day. Um, Because it's easy to forget those things. And I think we can get caught up in what we need to accomplish in a day. And I will remember to take that time and I'll say, okay, let's get that crossed off the list. And the look on my kids' faces when I come over uninvited and sit down and say, what are we doing? Can I play with you? Um, The look in their eyes, I mean, it melts your heart because it's just this pure, you know, relationship building moment where you, you see them recognize like, oh my gosh, I didn't need to ask mom to play with me. I didn't need to ask for her attention. I 
and being recognized, valued. And just for me that it fills my kid's cup, but it fills mine every day. Um, So having those three simple things to get done is probably honestly what my three practices would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say if I had to identify them, one is usually a home thing. So whether it's laundry or getting something cleaned, Um, a second one is usually an administrative item of some kind. So whether it's uh, paying a bill I've been putting off or taking some books back to the library or doing something that just needs to get done to keep the house running. Um, And one is usually for me or for my kids. Um, But that has made me feel fulfilled almost every single day because unless there's a true emergency or something crazy pops up, I can get those three things done almost every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel accomplished. I feel like I, I got what I needed to get done done. And it was the stuff that was really important and, and needed my most immediate attention. And the next day I have three new things I can put on the list. And what, what about you? Do you find time or do you make time to do something that recharges your battery? Like what's your do you have so life? with yeah, right yeah. now with three kids and a husband working at home, I would say I get a little less of that. Um, yeah. Usually, our youngest is still a napper, and our oldest is at school. So I will have about an hour in the afternoon after lunchtime where she will be napping. Our oldest will still be at school, and our um, middle child will play quietly. And she knows like this is mommy time. She can come mm-hmm. sit quietly and read with me or play on the floor. Um, but sometimes I'll read, sometimes I'll catch up on a show that was recorded on TV. Other times I will literally sit there and scroll mindlessly on my phone. Sometimes I will just look out the window. Um, but whatever it is, it's just knowing I have a little block of time to -hmm. focus on myself and really just choose to do what I want to do. So I don't have, you know, a set practice or a set plan. It's just, what do I need to fill my cup today? Um, and I am what I would consider an extroverted introvert. So for me, having that time and space and quiet is how I recharge my batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to me. And I love that my daughter understands that. And I think she she's similar in that way. So she actually gets a lot out of that quiet time as well. Um, just having her own space and getting to choose what to do with it as long as it's quiet and resting body, whether it be emotionally, physically, or both. Um, that's been huge for me. And I would love to have an early morning routine. I would love to have all this time at night. I would love to get out and do a bunch of different things, but I also have under started to understand and realize, you know, this is a season of my life where that is not going to happen on a consistent basis. And I need to be okay with that. But what do I need? Cause everyone needs something for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, And kind of identifying what's most important and building that into your day is critical. And for me, that just happens to be an hour of quiet time. Um, I know a lot of people really need a lot more and that's okay. A lot of people may get by on a lot less and that's okay too. Um, But finding out kind of where your balance is and what you need to just give yourself a little bit of recharging and space, whatever it may be and and kind of making that a priority for yourself is is critical. So it may not happen every single day. It may not happen at the same time or for the same amount of time every single day. But just knowing that I am making that a priority for most days in my life whenever it can happen, um, that's really helped me save my sanity. And before that, I was the queen of when my kids are napping, I'm getting things done. 
Um, yep. you know, I'm, I'm putting the dishes away. I'm folding laundry. I'm trying to accomplish tasks. And I just never left any time for myself to recharge and making that shift and learning to rest my body and knowing that I can do those dishes later while they're playing. I can fold that laundry while I'm talking to them about their school day. That's stuff that can always get done. But if I don't fill my cup and give myself some rest, I'm not going to be a good mother. I'm not going to be a good wife. I'm not going to be a good person. I'm not going to feel like myself. I think that is a struggle that new moms really overcome on a daily basis when they kind of look back and say, okay, like where are my priorities? And I think simpler living has really helped me get to that point too, because I think before then there was just so much to do. There was so much clutter in the house that I, I, I was one of those people that could not rest when it was all out. But now that things are simpler, if there's just five dishes in the sink or just a small load of laundry to fold, it's not as overwhelming. So I can really detach from that and rest myself and prioritize what's most important at that moment. I love that. That's brilliant. So look, I could talk to you all day, but um, you've got children to get back to. So I would, um, I'm going to do a like a quick fire round with you to cover some of the things that we haven't got to. And there might be in here a couple of repeats of things we already have, but I'm going to give you two or more options. And then I want you to just let me know your preference of them, either as it applies to you personally, or in your version that you've created of a simpler life. Does that sound all right? Sounds good. Okay. So sleep routine, are you a night owl or an early bird? I am an early bird, but I think that is 95% because my children are. <laughs> okay. I, they, I will fully admit some people have great morning routines. My children are my alarms every single morning, and I'm completely okay with that. Yep, that sounds perfect. Okay, toys all out at once or rotation? Rotation. Meal planning, yes or no? Loosely, yes beverages this is a big one morning coffee or afternoon tea morning coffee buying things I think we know the answer to this one quality or quantity quality your favorite season winter spring summer or fall I think spring I love the new growth and kind of the chance for a new start absolutely laundry every day every other day or one big washing day per week? Um, usually every other day. If you had to choose your favorite simple pleasure, would it be take out for dinner, fresh cut flowers or a magazine subscription? I would say take out for dinner. I love cooking, but at the end of a busy day, it is so nice to have dinner made for you. Mm-hmm. Budget, to set or not to set? To set. I'm a big budgeter. Oh, I didn't know that about you. Um, buying kids' clothes, brand new or secondhand? Um, I would say buying new. I am a huge fan of secondhand, but with four kids, buying new is the most practical at this stage mm-hmm. in our life because they get handed down so many times they just need to survive. <laughs> yeah. Um, food storage. I think you gave us a hint about this one earlier in original packets or decant into containers. I'm a decanter. Mm-hmm. To-do lists, daily, weekly, or never? Weekly. 
your clothing style? Fashionable and on trend or comfort first? Comfort first. Cleaning your home, are you like homemade uh, baking soda vinegar kind of cleaner or store-bought products? I would love to be making my own, um, but at this season in my life, it is totally store-bought products. Mm -hmm. Independent playtime for kids, occasionally or frequently? Frequently. Two more to go. You're almost there. Decluttered items, sell or donate? I'm a big donator. My time Mm -hmm. is money. Absolutely. Uh, Lucky last, toy storage, bins or shelves? Bins. They hide everything. (laughs) I love it. That's perfect. Emily, it has been an absolute pleasure. I think you've given us so much to think about um, new mums or experienced mums probably relate to so much of what you've talked about and this is just the tip of the iceberg. There is a reason you are wildly popular on Instagram because what you share has so much value. And even though you're in a different stage of parenthood to me, I still find value in everything you post, um, either just as a point of reflection or as inspiration. I love it. Um, so please keep doing that. I know you'll be busy with another baby in only a few weeks' time. Um, but I will make sure for our listeners that the links to um, Emily's socials are on the show notes page so you can really easily find her and uh, get updates on the baby and uh, check in with all the wisdom she's got to share. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.